Now, my guest is a documentary filmmaker that people would describe has a distinctive charm and style to his work. You might remember His and Hers was the name. It featured a cast of 70 people talking about love and relationships. More recently, Making the Grade told stories of piano players all over Ireland. And he describes his latest offering, So This Is Christmas, as by far the most complicated of his documentary films so far. And he joins me this morning. Ken Wardrop, good to meet you. Good to meet you. I'm delighted we're talking about Christmas. Yeah, we're not allowed, but we are. (laughs) Well, I I know it's a no-no, but No, it's not really, because actually what we did was two kind of Christmas warm-up stories, getting us gently into it. And and this, for me, uh, I watched it. You sent me a screener last night and it's in cinemas, I think, tomorrow. It is. November 17th, Nationwide. Yeah, Nationwide Cinemas tomorrow. I, I can't tell you how important it is to go and see this film I have to say from an Irish perspective from a Christmas perspective from a global perspective from so much, from a human perspective so my partner walked in the bedroom at one point in the film I'm not going to tell at which point because there's a couple of spoilers that I won't give I was sobbing you, you made me cry in a beautiful way because at the end I felt really uplifted as well so why did you decide to make like your 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 past is so checkered in what you, you choose to make a documentary films about like you're really amazing like I watched uh Undressing Mother uh, brilliant genius you get your mother naked I mean it's just amazing film right what did you what was it about Christmas that drew you to this Right, well, okay, Brandon, you're going to make me cry on this journey because I didn't realise I was going to talk about my mum. Just do my job, Ken, just do my job. (laughs) Good man. Well, look, I have to say, uh, the idea was, uh, I've had it a long time, to be honest, because uh, my gran passed away on Christmas Day when I was 12 years of age. And I think that affected our Christmases for quite some time after. of course. So mum would always begin the kind of Christmas season with a dread because it was a lot about her memories and she was very close to her mum. Yeah. So, uh, Needless to say that, you know, the empty chair at the Christmas table was just uh, a reminder of, you know, the realities of life and the circle of life, of course. And uh, so it was a time of memory for us. So I I think when you're looking around as a filmmaker, like I have so many ideas that come and go in my head, but Christmas sort of has always stayed with me and little things have come back into play. Now, obviously, we're all very familiar about the commercialisation of Christmas and how we've lost that battle. There's no point even thinking we can try to tackle that one. But I know a friend of mine who lives in Scandinavia who's, you know, a well-to-do person, has everything she needs in life, four kids, and she knits her presents for the kids every day. In the lead up to Christmas. For our kids? And, yes. Or poor kids. Oh, I know. Exactly. <laughs> well, you see, that's the problem. Oh, another jumper. Expect- Woo! Yeah. But their expectations are that's what they're getting. Oh, so cute. they see mom knitting from early October at the TV <laughs> or whatever. And it's kind of a beautiful thing to know that she's invested all this time in this little moment and gift. Now, I'm sure she get a, they get a few. My, funny you say that. My aunt, all our lives, knit us a Christmas jumper, which were really heavy and itchy iron jumpers, which I now look back and they're the only present I remember. This is it, exactly. That's what it is. You know, I never remember any of the presents, but what I do recall is going down on Christmas morning and the fire in the good room was lit and that (laughs) joy of being in your PJs and standing up. I enjoyed it so much the one year my pyjama bottom took on fire, of course, (laughs) which was also, uh, you know, so uh, those are the things that we all remember, of course. And then, you know, Christmas is the perfect storm, let's face it, if you've got problems and you have to face them down as well as look at all the joy that's on the you know TV and I want because actually Christmas is I like I think it's like a mirror you have to look at your life and yourself and your connections but take me back to 12 year old you and that what what was like dealing with I mean and how did your family cope with Christmas after your grandmother's gone obviously your mother's very close to her it must have been really horribly hard 
Well, you know, it's a long time ago, so my memories aren't very fresh. But I'll tell you one thing. I lost my mum this year. and I'm it's sorry. Go- yeah, no, you're okay. But it's brought the reality of this Christmas around to me that how am I going to face into Christmas? You battle with grief, you know, uh, you know, comes and ebbs and flows. We all know waves hit you and so forth. But in Christmas, it's, it's going to hit in. It's going to kick in. You know, Christmas was about she... Mammy's make Christmas, let's face it. So when your mammy's gone, there's something, it will always be different at Christmas time. So it's no wonder that my mum, when she lost her her dear mum, that it was going to affect her. And then, of course, because she's the centre of all our lives and made our Christmases, you know, we're farmers. Dad, you know, in the you know, mum was the centre of everything and prepared her. So obviously, if that was done with a tear in her eye, and when I say tears, there were more than, you know, uh, it just would leave a little bit of a darkness, a dark cloud. Now, yeah. that lifted in time of course but at 12 and my brother would have been 9 you know that's quite you know an age that you do recall and you know it has So so, uh, and obviously listeners haven't haven't seen the film but I'm really struck at the poignancy of your Christmas having watched your film and you worked last Christmas Yes, I was with your filming all that. Yeah, it was actually a really interesting scenario because you're never really faced uh, with documentary filmmaking. Well, I haven't anyway, uh, with a deadline. And so we had to shoot it all uh, in the lead up to Christmas. And we were with one of our families, obviously, on Christmas Eve. We couldn't be with everybody. And that was really poignant to leave that family and say goodbye and know that we were going home to our families and are you know we all have struggles less fate but this particular family had you know it was a momentous kind of moment in their lives uh, the following day so uh, yeah look what a privilege it was to be with people and share in so some it, of their stories it, 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 like it's not to be skimmed over your connection to Christmas and, your, oh, yeah. and my own mother now is in a nursing home this Christmas and we are trying to navigate that we don't know what to do we're all killing each other do what do we go in there do we take you like so it's oh it, I it, share that, sorry it, my mum was in a nursing home yeah, it's very so difficult right yeah and you I can't love the honesty of this film that it, Christmas is not perfect for everyone so the story follows five I suppose units could be a solo yeah. family. So tell me about uh, the, the the story. Well, look, I won't tell you much about, I won't go into individuals or whatever, but it is about the lead up to Christmas and the struggles that people face. And these are anything from, you know, struggles, financial woes, uh, you know, tackling grief. Loneliness is such a big thing at <gasps> so Christmas. Well yeah. So you have to, so we found characters from all over the place and, you know, we just told their stories. Now I have to say, we're only with people for 10 minutes. It's only a snapshot of their lives. These are multi, multi-dimensional people. We just pop in to their worlds at Christmas to see how they're feeling. Yeah. And we all understand that that's just a little, it's a creative documentary. You know, I had to uh, create the narrative. So I uh, follow them in the lead up to Christmas and across those uh, moments that we all know when you put up the Christmas tree, you go out and you buy your present. There are key Genius. moments across it. You order your turkey, you know, and I have to say, we're talking about all the, uh, you know, sadness in the film, but it's uh, peppered with lots oh, of it's humor. Oh, funny. So uh, yes. is it Annette? I, I, yes. I love with her. She's so funny. She is a glorious character. Isn't what she? a gem. We were so fortunate to find Annette because, you know, she unfortunately, when I, when I think we, the day we met her or um, we, she reached out to us. She hadn't met a human being in three or four weeks. She couldn't get into town because she doesn't have a vehicle or anything. So she's really stranded. She uses online shopping. You know, thank goodness she's able to manoeuvre her way around the internet and stuff. So, uh, but she's had, you know, a, 
a hard life. She talked in our conversation, she always talked BC. And I was like, what the hell is BC in it? And she said, before COVID. And <laughs> her life was so completely different before COVID. Wow. And I think it's sort of interesting if I'd done this film before COVID, I wonder would it have been as sort of, I don't know, there was an air it's felt different out there. I don't know why. And I think we all talk about it. I think our mental health struggles in particular have escalated since that period. So anyway, poor Annette has had, um, you know, a litany of problems since uh, COVID and it really has restricted her and that means she has become uh, reclusive, you know. But so we drop into her life and we just, she is such a, a deep thinker She's and funny. so funny. And I mean, she is, I suppose, she'd forgive me for, she. I hope she'll forgive me for saying this, but she's the Grinch in the <laughs> in the cast, so to speak. But she's but honest. She's what? honest. I love and her. She, you know, and she's got such great attitudes to, to life as well. And I think when you talk about this film, what does uh, ultimately come through is resilience. Yes. And hope. Yeah, and, and and just to reassure people, it's really worth the watch because there's a lot of joy and hope and positivity out of trauma and difficulty. People just get on and, and in a beautiful way. So Annette, Annette really shone to me. So I hope she's listening because I love you, Annette. You're amazing. Um, and even just things like the only person she sees is the grocery delivery man. Oh, those people are amazing as well. They're frontline workers, so fair play. But I think... The young families will really stand out as well to people. Everybody, everybody is is incredible. Their stories, but uh, Roxy's family. Yes, I, I mean, you tell us a little bit about them. Well, you know, when you go out uh, on a journey like this, you have opportunities to meet different people. And I had the pleasure of meeting Jason in uh, his home in Abbey Leaks for the first time, and I don't think I've ever sort of felt in the presence of an angel before. I'll get emotional here because Jason is such a good man. wonderful, good man. Mm. And himself and Roxy obviously had the most beautiful relationship. I can only imagine what love shone out of that house. So I just, it was, we clicked straight away. And fortunately he had seen uh, Cocoons, a project that I'd made for RG back in the day. And uh, he and Roxy had shared that experience. So I think there was something that connected us or some sort of serendipity about that yes. moment because he felt comfortable enough to talk to me. And we shared and we were with uh, Anne-Marie a colleague and we just cried around that kitchen table and uh, obviously it just felt right for for Jason to be part of the project so Jason lost his dear wife Roxy to cervical cancer the uh, February before so this was going to be uh, his and his boys they've got two boys their first Christmas together so it was incredibly raw incredibly uh, you know it was such a honour to be present with them and hopefully I know they're so proud of the film and their involvement and uh, I hope there was some cathartic experience from from it. Um, but as I say, you know, as a filmmaker, you, you know, every so often you get these opportunities in life. And you began this conversation by saying this was complicated. It really was an emotional journey for me to go on. Yeah. And uh, going home on Christmas Day, I was so grateful for what I had on my own table and the people around me. And um, and as Jason says in the film, it's the greatest gift we have is time. And 
I felt so blessed to have that time with my mum, for example. You know, like you, we had to consider what to do. We, I would have spent the Christmas morning with her, got the hugs, the kisses, love. And that was what Christmas was about. It didn't matter the present I gave. She was never going to use, was going to go up on the shelf or something, you know. Yeah. But it was that cuddle to say, I time. love you dearly. And, you know, and... Uh, he says yes, that beautifully at the end. Does. You know, the only thing we really matter, the only thing that matters... Is, is you give each other time, your time. And if he'd have known a little time he had, but with her, with her. but he is so open uh, and, and he keeps reminding us that he's doing it for her memory, for his boys who are only young boys, like seven and 11, I think, aren't they? And they, yeah. eight and 12. And they're so strong. The little boys are so gorgeous. It's, it's so powerful. And, and what it, well, the message I have to say that I get from it is it, she would really love it. You know, oh, I that's think, lovely to hear, yeah, Brennan, because really yeah. I feel a responsibility, yeah. obviously, to Roxy's memory, as would Jason. Yeah. But I think from the reaction, we had the honour of a, a premiere there down in Cork at the Cork Film Festival. And there was such such warmth and love in the room afterwards. It was palpable and that was lovely to see. And I do hope Irish audiences go out to see it. Like, you know, I don't want to, but it's like, it is an important film because there is. is a message deep down into it. Why, you know? It really is important. I really I really believe people have to see this film. Who's the older man who lives alone? He's the cutest person. He works for the Shane. Shane, yeah. Shane. Shane. Oh my goodness. The day I met, we were talking about the first day because people, have an impact on the minute you meet them but the first day I met Jane I was like I don't think I've ever been in the presence of a more famous person because literally walking down the road the <laughs> horns were beeped and we didn't have a camera or anything no one would have known who I was but this man knows everybody in his community everybody knows Shane he is just a happy-go-lucky smiley character and you know the kindest soul. Yeah. Like, again, I don't think it's probably, as this is only a snapshot in people's lives. There's so many more dimensions to, but with Shane, he was, as a, you know, Christmas was complicated because he'd lost his man, Dan. You know, he's a big kid and everybody knows that because he's just, but he's such joy in her heart and we've so much to learn from someone like Shane who's got so little but has so much at the same time, you know, in life. And it, it just, he just oozes uh, charisma. And offspring. he lives alone with his little dog. Yes. And he puts this Santa sign out for the dog and it's just the cutest thing. You might get a doggy treat if you're lucky. But he's ha- he's happy. He's a happy man. He's so happy. Yeah. And his, and he goes about his business. He's he's just ticking over, you know. Uh, but I suppose, again, for someone like Shane, Christmas is a reminder because he sees the fancy Christmas trees going up across the town. He walks everywhere, so he sees everything. Yeah. And he sees the families all curled up on the sofa and something, and he's going home to an empty house. So I'm sure he's having those feelings, yeah. you know. And again, going back to the genesis of this film, you know, I have a family member who put herself under so much pressure coming up to Christmas with her two kids and single mom really tries hard and wants to give everything to her kids that she adores and yet I am here a gay man without kids and I'm looking at her going you don't realise you've won you know you've got the boys with you on the sofa they won't remember the presents again they'll remember the cuddles they get with you and actually in the film the young mum with the the three kids oh god she's just amazing and she 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 complains about her financial situation. Obviously, it's tricky, but she does a disco with the kids, and they absolutely love it. There's just this magic moment that you just caught, and their kids just dancing around the living room, and just have, and they remembered it. 
and they talk about it. It's wonderful. It's really magical. That's it. Yeah. Who doesn't remember dancing around the kitchen with their mammies? Yeah. Like when a song, this is a memory that it's sprung out. So when Loretta said that's what they do a tinsel dance every <laughs> Christmas, they call it their tinsel dance and it has to be to Joe Dolan. You know, and I was like, oh, could we not choose a Christmas song? No, no, the kids wouldn't understand. The tinsel dance is to Joe Dolan. Brilliant. So, you know, and that's what they will, my goodness, they will remember that in their 40s. Yeah, they yeah. did the tinsel dance. What a great idea just to have this moment. I don't think I've ever seen a version, an honest, open, real, real version of Christmas that you've told um, that I, re- I personally really relate to. I find I've, someone says Christmas is for kids. That beautiful woman says Christmas is for children. And I've always sort of stood by that as well. And I, I kind of stand by that, you know, because it's certainly not for me to go to mass anymore. I don't I mean, I'd go if mom begged me to go. And of course, I would be respectful. Um, but you tell a story that actually Christmas can show, show a mirror back on our lives that can be kind of difficult to look at. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. That's a fair point. I think it is, it will be a difficult watch for some people because it does, um, it raises issues yeah. that are familiar to all of us because we all have our struggles. <clears throat> and at Christmas, maybe we try to hide them, but obviously they're always underneath the surface and they will, resur- you know, they do come up to the surface. And I think you're right. There is a mirror there, but it is sometimes really important for us to see that, oh, to so, acknowledge it, yeah. to, there is no shame in that. Well, there's there is, also strength in numbers, right? Yes. So to, know, to understand that there are other people who are lonely. There are other people who eat Christmas on their own. I, I had a Christmas day, I must tell you, and I really thought, I'd love to have captured it. Dad had just died. Mom was at home. I had gone for dinner and I lived a few minutes away. And I really wanted to go into my own bed. The Jack Russell climbed up on me and puked in my hair. <laughs> and I was like, happy Christmas, Brendan. This is, this is how it goes. <laughs> well, this is so, yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. Someone put a mirror on it. So it's not great for everybody. And I think you, you would just acknowledge that. And it's just to even say, it's a difficult time for people. And it's okay to say that now. It is, especially this in November, mid-November, we can prepare ourselves for the worst, <laughs> yeah. can't we? You know? Yeah. And we got so blessed, didn't we, with the weather in the film. We have a beautiful scene oh, yeah. with the snow and, and you know, I have to acknowledge because we're talking about, but we had the wonderful Emer Noon who composed the music. Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, we were very fortunate and Narian Van Mael did the photography. So it is, it for me, it's uh, it's uh, the next step in my filmmaking career. Oh, if you know it's what I mean. an I, exceptional piece of film work. Oh, it's, exce- it's, it's actually... It's an it's a genre defining and for me it's like what is it it's like I epic kitchen sink it's like you know it's like it should, what when is when is the sequel you know it's just a, it's a, it's a proper it needs to be seen in the cinema I agree with you 100% that's, it's a beautiful big view um, and it's a shared experience yes. and cinema should be a shared experience because you just said that mirror when we go out of the cinemas and we've only had two public screenings but it's the conversations in the foyer afterwards about people yeah. talking about what they related to which will be very different for each character you know so I think that there is cinema at its best you know where it is a shared Beat. Lovely text here, Brendan. Thank you so much for covering the Christmas documentary story. It it's called So This Is Christmas. Uh, my mum has Alzheimer's and my family are struggling to cope and tensions are rising. But after listening to you and Ken, I'm more aware now that I can be grateful for those I have around my table on Christmas Day, including my mum and the diminishing second she gives of herself. I, you know, I think that's that's exactly how I felt after watching the film. And I really am grateful to you for doing that for me as well, because I'm just thinking about how are we going to cope with this? Not thinking about 
I might be sitting with you next year and my mum could be gone or I could be gone, but my mum could be gone and I will definitely not have thought about this. And that film made me think about the time I have with, with my, the, my family who are close to me. And it made me reevaluate my Christmas because I was going, oh, I might go away. No, I'm not going to go away. I'm going to make sure I take her out. I, and we're getting more to Brendan. Christmas is the worst time of year for me. I live on my own, no children. I'm really glad when it's over. Rosemary, we, we, we hear you and, and you have to go and see this film and you won't feel so alone. Was that, your, was that how you started uh, the idea? No, I don't think I went out with this intention. And in fairness, it was meeting the characters. You know, Jason said to me that day I met him, Ken, however bad it is this Christmas, we still have to have hope. And he, and I remember, and like you, you know, I wouldn't be a a regular church goer, but the priest that opens the film. Brilliant. Yes, he explained to me about Advent, you know, as being a season of hope that we are looking forward. And I thought, you know, I kept hearing this word hope. And then of course you meet all these characters who are on their own journeys or resilient in their own way and the one thing even as a filmmaker I wanted to do was give them hope Um, and you definitely do that by the way you definitely do well you know well I'm glad to hear that because you know it is you have to you understand that you have a responsibility as well you know with a film like this look it's a roller coaster of a view you know 15 minutes in I was like oh my god what's happening here and then it sort of lifts it's it's, I can't recommend it enough but I, I love I love the way you've brought the idea of being open and honest about the pressure around Christmas, which I know loads of charities have been doing for a long time. But you've made it, you put it in in my hands now and made me feel part of that conversation. So I, I have to say, well done. Was it difficult to get people to participate? Because it's very, very, very honest. It is, of course it is. It's it's complicated to find the people to kickstart. But uh, once you start meeting the people and you connect with the people and there's a synergy and a trust that you build up with them, then it's easy enough. You know, in in fairness to the people, they, you know, um, they went with it. Yeah, they and totally it's very did. hard to explain this because it's not me running around with a camera. There yeah. were nine other people behind me. It's yeah. not a very yeah. person, you know, so it's, uh, we went on a journey together and, you know, it's been a... Another t- the text are going mad for you. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I watched the trailer and think it's brilliant. It gives us a little reminder to remember it's not all rosy in the garden for others at Christmas. So uh, just a quick last question. Yeah. As you said, I'm really sorry your mum passed away this year. What will you do for Christmas? Do you know? Well, fortunately, I'll adopt a mum because my partner's mum will come for Christmas Amazing. and the family and we'll have a lovely, warm I Christmas. Can see, we'll I can see do. a documentary called Adopt a Mum. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, Thanks, uh, so this is Christmas is out in cinemas tomorrow. Go and see it. It's absolutely wonderful. Let's take a George Michael. You have been loved.